cool. Welcome to the Play to the Whistle podcast. We're back for that long international break. We're back to business now. <laughs> As it does a mad laugh. But yeah, we're, we're obviously back to business. Lots to um to discuss today, uh, both ends of the table. So um yeah, without further ado, let's 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 crack on with the the Chelsea game. Because obviously I've noticed in our episodes and our our um, broadcast. I'm seeing the Chelsea shirt a lot more than I was seeing it before. I feel like it's a hundred percent record. <laughs> talk to us. Talk, talk to us about. Um... You're moving mad, cousin. <laughs> yeah. Talk to us about Chelsea Villa. Yeah. No. To be fair. Um, yeah. To start the game off, I think it was. It was. It was going to be an interesting game. I think obviously coming back from a an international break, there's always going to be. Um, issues maybe with the club or with the squad or just getting the fitness back things like that but it was interesting because Tuchel did tweet the squad obviously we had two with Reese James being suspended um, Callum Hudson-Odoi playing right wing back um, Sol Neguez coming in as well um, Trevor Chalabar being back in, in, in defence as well um, Christensen being on the bench so I thought it was going to be it's going to be an interesting game I think before the start of it and it did turn out to be like that for the first half I thought obviously Villa had their chances so did Chelsea but I think it just seemed a bit nervy in the first half I don't know whether it was just me from a Chelsea perspective but um, you know Ollie Watkins had a few chances as well there was a brilliant save from Mendy I think two or three brilliant saves from Mendy in the first half one coming from the corner um, and and again even during play as well so I, I do think Villa had their chances but I think as well, Kovacic was a brilliant, um, it was good to see him in midfield. He kind of played a more, um, the attacking midfield role um, in, in terms of getting the ball forward, setting up um, Lukaku for the first goal as well. But just to touch on um, Sol Neguez as well, a lot of people have criticised how how he played during during the game for the first half. And I think that's just down to a lot of factors, the fact that he's coming to a new league um, first game he hasn't really had time to, to gel with the team a lot of the team were away for international break when he was there and and it's a it's a it's a different culture in terms of playing from La Liga into the, the Premier League as well so I understand why he got subbed off at half time it, it, it made sense to me bringing on Jorginho who can kind of have that experience to come into the game because it was open in the midfield and I think that was one of the things that obviously Tuchel picked up on during the first half that it was very open it was easy for Villa to get the ball, you know, into the, the the key areas, which is, you know, because of Mendy, why they didn't score. So it, it was it was it was a good half, a good first half for us. You know, obviously, like I said, Lukaku getting the first goal, um, but even the second half, I think, changed the things when when Jorginho came on, and seeing seeing Kovacic's second goal, the second goal, Kovacic, just calm as you like, just literally. Um, a, a good goal but I will give yeah yeah he did he did but I think we have to remember as well Villa were without their, their key goalkeeper in Martinez as well um, but Buendia I think was, was also missing in that game um, due to um, Covid and having to isolate um, Croatia I think so they were missing some key players in that game I thought Danny Ings potentially could have done a bit more. I think there was a few, I think there was one chance where I thought, you know, he maybe could have scored. Um, but, he, you know, they were just unfortunate. They had chances, Villa did. So um, it's one of those games where you think, you know, if they get that goal, they can potentially change the game. But in terms of Chelsea, 
to go on and score three goals in a game where they didn't really look convincing, which, um, you know, from a Chelsea perspective, we just didn't. We didn't look very convincing in the first half. We looked very nervy. Um, so it was good to get the three points, if I'm honest. You know, it was good to get three points, but it, there's, there's things in there that you can see. Tuchel's, Tuchel's still got to work on. Like I said, Solnagez coming in, big game for him to come into. He's kind of taught me back to um, Thiago Silva, um, his debut against West Brom. He got run ragged and it is going to take time for him. So I think Chelsea fans just need to have that kind of patience with him because I think he will. I mean, I've watched him for Atletico um, during the Champions League games more so than the Liga, but he's a good player. He's a good midfielder. He's he's, He's a good option to have in midfield as well. And I think he will have a good loan spell with us. Maybe again, the option to buy as well after that. So I think Chelsea fans have got to be patient with him. But in terms of, in terms of the game, I thought it was, it, it was a lucky game for Chelsea. I really do. I think we, we, it was one of those games where I think if, if Villa had scored first, I think we would have been talking about a totally different game. But like I said, Mendy, I'm going to ask you this actually I want to ask you a question in terms of Mendy Um, I I was having a discussion offline and I was talking about Mendy in terms of what what he brings to Chelsea and also the Premier League when you talk about um, I don't want to use the word world class I think he is world class but in terms of what makes you a world class goalkeeper you know we talk about Alisson and Edison being the two standouts in the Premier League but do you think Ed, um, do you think Mendy is in that category as a a world-class goalkeeper? 100% because um, my, my, my first question so I've seen a few debates around that my first question to anyone doubting that is what are his obvious weaknesses because I don't see many he's good at catching good at shot stopping we saw that yesterday you know like you said Villa I think they end up having more shots in the game. Um, look very impressive. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Um, you know, Ings and Watkins, they're not dickheads in it. Like they know how to touch. So um, he did well. Even distribution. And I think we we're talking about it last last season. I think you pointed it out, and it's something I've seen, which is why I was last season. You know, putting that question: Can Chelsea win the Champions League? And, and obviously they did. He brings a calmness to the the, the back line that. It's almost the opposite of what Keppel was doing. Keppel brought lots of panic. He brings so much calmness. He's good on his feet. Um, I don't know. You watch him more than I do. Does he have any, you know, significant weaknesses? I don't think so. I think I think he's a goalkeeper that reassures the centre backs. Reassures the defence. Um, looks very comfortable on the ball. He's had one or two, and I think if we if we looked at the best goalkeeper in the world, whether that's Edison, Allison, whoever, they have their moments as well. They have their faults. They have mistakes in them. And I think for the price, I think we, I think a lot of people forget we paid 22 million for, for, for Mendy. Six years ago, this guy was unemployed. He's worked his way in. He's got himself a chance at one of the, the best clubs in Europe at the moment. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's world-class. And if, if he's not world-class now, he will be. I think he's definitely got the, the the characteristics to be a world-class goalkeeper. He doesn't have many mistakes in him. He looks confident. Even um, against Aston Villa, I think there's some uh, saves that he made that in, in reality, most goalkeepers would have let that in. And 
that shows the quality that he's got. And obviously that's going to be, we're going to see a lot more of that, I think, during this season. But even from the back of last season, the Champions League as well, we only conceded three goals, I think, for that the whole Champions League. His clean sheet record is brilliant as well. So I, I, I can't really, I understand why people would say Edison and Alisson. Um, I don't think anyone's saying that he's above them, but he's definitely in the bracket with them, the same level, 100%. Mm. I, I think I think that's the, the, the thing for me. Yesterday, yeah, you know, it was a, it was very much uh, an in, a performance after internationals by a team that's pushing for the league. Bit scrappy, bit all over the place, but got the job done. His clean sheet record, you so see, you conceded one goal in the Prem all season. Bearing in mind, you've played obviously the likes of Liverpool, Villa, to you know the no slouches. Um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an amazing record and. There's, there's some games he doesn't look like getting beaten. I don't want to compare him to to Petr Cech in that Petr Cech was just one of a kind. And obviously with Mendy, we, we've got to give him time. He's only had you know one season for Chelsea. But with Petr Cech, I think my point is when he used to play, sometimes I think he's not getting beaten today. <laughs> like It's not happening. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, you just kind of look at it. He, he, he might make a save and like, yeah, this is... Uh, unless Chelsea score an own goal or get a player sent off or you know it's it's not happening so um I, I think I'm not you know me I like to take my time before I say this person's that or or you know in terms of classes but another season or two like this I I, I think you can't you can't deny it and not so much Allison but Edison we know he's got a mistake in him and he gets away with quite a lot very good shop stopper but he's definitely got a mistake in him so that's what keeps Mendy in and around that conversation for sure yeah, 100%, man. I, I agree with you. Um, one one person I wanted to to talk about, because I, I watched him closely yesterday, I've watched him a lot previously as well, was Tyro Mings. Because I feel like, sometimes I feel like he gets the criticism um, unfairly. But watching him against Chelsea, I, I kind of see why he gets criticised as well, which kind of makes me wonder you know, is that criticism justified in terms of how he plays sometimes? He was he was beaten quite often yesterday uh, against Chelsea. So I just wanted to get your thoughts about what you think about him as a as a defender. Yeah, I've, and I'm sure you probably know the answer to the question. I like, I like, <laughs> I, I, do you know what it is of him? I think if I put aside the, the nasty side of his game, because that's for me what I don't really like. And there, there's been a lot of it, you know, a lot of it. He, he's a very good um defender at the level that he's playing he's probably too good for mid-table sides whether he's good for a top seven top eight side I don't know he's a little bit like um, Ashley Williams really good defender and really good for Swansea (laughs) but when he made the step up to to Everton he got exposed a little bit same with Michael Keane I think although he's he's had some good seasons some bad ones Tyra Mings for me He's a, he's a guy, I don't think he's a good one-on-one defender, but I think he's very good in a unit. And I feel that's why he still gets picked for England quite a lot because they they defend as a unit. They've ordered all the defenders across that back line have got weaknesses. First choice, you know, Stones, Maguire, Shaw. Shaw's been a lot better, to be fair. But, you know, uh, Walker, they've all got little lapses and issues. But as a unit, they're very solid, which is why, you know, Euro Cup final, uh, uh, World Cup semi-final, etc., I think Tyro Mings next to in a, in a new system next to Twinzebi where they have got a bit of a partnership. So I think they played together in the champion in the uh, championship. I feel like 
there could there can be issues, and that's that's why I think he's looking a bit a bit shaky. And when he's off form, he's just <laughs> he looks a lot worse than he is because a lot of his um, his weaknesses get exposed as well, particularly that one on one stuff. So that that's what I think. And to, I think to be fair, um, the guys he was coming up against yesterday are the best in the business. So it would be unfair for me to judge him based on that game. Because you've got, I, I really like Zayek. To be fair, I like Lukaku. I like Havertz. Um, I, I actually I like Werner, um, which is you know in contrast to most people, they're not a big fan. But all, all of these guys, um, you know, they're they're very good players, very capable. It's when they're going to play the teams around them. If he's still getting exposed for the rest of the season, Villa are going to have a, a question uh, that they that they need to answer, and whether how they adapt the team around him is obviously going to play but yeah so to answer your question um i'm not a fan of his persona but he's a very good defender at the level that i think he will excel at and no more than that yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting i think more so for villa obviously the the, the lost jack Grealish in the summer um they, they brought in a lot of good players i thought leon bailey coming into the game um a Stanford Bridge was it looked there were signs of him that obviously he's come back from a and I think it's a hamstring injury, but mm. there were signs that that he's shown in that game that kind of tells me that he's going to play a big part in Villa season as well. Obviously, Danny Ings, um, Ollie Watkins as well, unfortunately against Chelsea, but I think they they will grab goals this season. So I think they'll be I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be they'll be fine this season. Um, John McGinn played brilliantly as well. Again, mm. you know, he mm. just bosses the midfield. He's, he's one of those players that doesn't stop running. So I think they'll be fine this season. Um, and yeah, in terms of Chelsea, I think, you know, Lukaku, another brilliant game. Um, big game on Tuesday now against Zenit in the Champions League as well. But um, moving over to another big, big game, um, I'll say big game, but it was for Brentford. Um, their first loss in the Premier League, man, um, against Brighton. Talk us through the game, Kieran, man. Let us know what happened. Uh, so it, it was a strange game because, um, I mean, Brentford deserved to win. They were they were all over Brighton. Uh, I want to come to Brighton in a moment because I know obviously I wasn't uh, I wasn't present for the um, uh, the predictions because I I would have had them a lot higher up than 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 you guys. But um, yeah, Brent, Brentford. The way they played yesterday, they played really nice football, very bright. Um, you know, the way that their setup works really well, you can tell that they're well drilled. I think it's been held that they had too many changes and they, they had a lot of chances, a lot of chances. They, you know, they dominated the game. And I think this is where, as a new side, it can go for you or go against you. Either it will go for you when you're, um, you know, just hitting everything and it's just going in and, you know, your chances, they're, they're coming away. But also sometimes if you're a bit too enthusiastic or, you know, you snatch at chances a little bit or it's, it's a bit it's a bit too excited. And I felt like it was like that um, yesterday. I, I don't think Brighton actually played that well, uh, in my opinion. I didn't, I didn't watch the whole game, but um, yeah, it, I felt like they were just resolute and they just managed to limit Brentford enough to the point where they didn't have any massively clear-cut chances. Um, I'd be a little bit concerned about Ivan Tony. He does look like he's got goals in him, but he's made a very slow start. Um, and that's one thing that will come to haunt you in games like this, because obviously they're thinking probably Brighton are one of those teams that want to be nicking points off. 
you, you need your you need your strikers to um you know to be to be pulling you out of that. He had a really good chance, I think, tried to chip the keeper um from about forty-five yards out, but he needs to be scoring because if if you're not keeping them out at the other end and teams are picking you apart like this, some of the more experienced teams, you're going to be in trouble. So hopefully you'll be picking up a few. Brighton, like I said, it's a weird one because I've been impressed with them this season. They're on um, they're on nine points. Um, they were they they're fourth for the table. So that's something, isn't it? I can't remember who their defeat was against. I think it was one of the one of the big sides. Might have been. Um, might have been City actually, but they they played all right yesterday. They, they didn't do anything special. Like I said, they were resolute. Um, they didn't concede loads of chances. Um, they did have more of the possession, and they waited until the right moment and they 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 took their chance. Um, Trossard's goal. Um, if, if anyone that hasn't seen it, really good goal. And to to have that composure, and this is what I was saying about Brentford. They they didn't have as much composure as they needed to. Just nice on edge of the uh, edge of the box, just whipped it round. You know, I think it's two minutes into into injury time. You know, a lovely goal. Um, I don't think it was deserved based on chances, but that's what you got to do. And I think with with Brighton, um, I know we spoke before and said they could they could go down eventually. Don't think it will happen this season. Only on the basis that they only lost one player and it wasn't their best player. But teams all caught on on. They'll see teams in the top eight. They'll see your Asumas and Trossards and McAllister's a very good player. Um, they've got a couple of guys at the back as well. Um, your Lewis Dunks and that that could get picked off by by sides in the you know in the top half of the table. So it's at that point I thought they may be in trouble, but they did they did enough really. Um, I was going to ask you about Brentford just kind of overall. So obviously, like you say, first first defeat of the season. Um, where where does that leave them? Do you think with a result like that? I, I think it's early. I think it's early in the season. They've started it really well, in my opinion. Um, I think they they've got. I think they're tenth at the moment. You know, they've won one, drawn two, lost one, five points. I I, I do agree to an extent with your your comments about Ivan Tony. I think he has to start scoring. But I think with four games in. Um, it's, it's obviously a lot more difficult for him in from perhaps scoring in the championship in the premiership is a totally different ball game. I, I go back to sort of a, a Jermaine Beckford when he was at Leeds and then came up to um, Everton, I think as well. And he, he, he you know, he, he sort of started pretty well and then dipped off and it just didn't work for him. But I think Ivan Tony is a, a totally different player. I think he will, I think he will get goals. I think he will, not just him, but I think Brentford, Brentford, a, a, a team that for me, I can see them staying up this season. I don't see them in a relegation battle. I look at Brighton and I see them in a relegation battle more than I probably see Brentford for the reasons that I know we've spoke on here before that, you know, they, they create a lot of chances, but they don't actually take their chances. And they were quite lucky yesterday to even get three points. It was literally, you know, end of the game, Trussell gets a, a brilliant goal, but you know, it's, it's, it's luck and they're riding their luck at the moment. Can they ride that all season? I don't think so. But I, I look at Brentford, I think they've got enough about them to stay up this season 100%. I've got no no sort of um, issues with them. But I, I think Ivan Tony will, will start scoring. I think he's just finding his feet in the Premier League. It's a, it's a different... And, and we've also got to remember as well, 
they, they've a lot of clubs across England, Europe have played without fans. So it's just having those fans back in the stadium, a bit more pressure on your back as well, playing in the Premier League, big time. So I think he, I think he'll score. I think he'll be fine. Um, I think Brentford will be as, as well. I think Brighton at the moment, they're riding high. I think they're fifth now. Three, three wins, one loss. But can, can, they, can they sustain that all season? I don't think so. And I don't think anyone was expecting them to either. But I, I agree with you in terms of, you know, they have got some players that might get picked off, like you just mentioned, Lewis Dunk as well. I think if they was to go down to eat Lamptey when he comes back mm. into that squad, would be one of the first will be be picked out because I think he's a brilliant player, and I think obviously he's had a, a injury plagued season last season. But I think if they was to go down, those kind of players, Lewis Dunk and even like a um, yeah, like a Lamptey, they'd be the first ones to be picked off. So I think they've got to be careful. I think you know. They're a team that kind of rode that luck a lot at the moment, Brighton. And I feel like at some point, you can only do that for so long in the Premier League. You know, eventually it's going to come back to haunt you. So I think I think Brighton, you know, this might be the season that we potentially see them go down. Yeah, I can't, I just can't agree with you on that. I just, I just think, I, I, all the points you're making, I think, Definitely, um, at some point in the next couple of years, especially Graham Potter, I I don't see saying a long term because I think another team will give him a chance. I can see if it doesn't work out, Everton with Rafa, like him going there or, or or something, you know, like that. Even you know, like a Spurs again. Um, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to them, but I think I think when I look at the team, I look at the players that they've got. They've got a lot of. Premier League experience mixed with some some really good talents. Um, obviously, they had Lalana that started in midfield yesterday, who you know is a really good player and seems to have got some fitness. Whatever people think about Welbeck, he's he's a seasoned Premier League player. He's, he's still banged and a player that I'm not. You know how I feel about strikers that miss too many chances. About Mufe, I think he's got into double figures the last two seasons. Off the top of my head, he's got nine or ten. It's not bad. I feel, I think for them, it's that they there's only like you said, so long you can ride your luck, and they do miss a lot of chances um, as well. But I think they've got enough. I feel like they'll stay up comfortably. I don't. I don't even see them when I think of like your Newcastle, Southampton, Norwich. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be like, mixing with those clubs, and they're beating the teams around them. The game they lost was to, to Everton. Um, but the teams around them, they they they're beating them all home and away. So anyway, it's early game. We're only what like four games into the season. They might they might go on a fifteen game losing run or you know do a Sheffield United. I, I have no idea, but I, I'd be surprised. I'd personally be surprised to see them down in that battle this season. I think they'll probably hover around top half of the table, maybe sort of eight right, nine for most for most of the season, and then drop off a bit later on um, unless they have a few departures in January which obviously none of their players are going to be cup tied so any injuries or anyone that gets moved on but I, I, I think they'll be fine this season personally mm, It'd be interesting because I think obviously you've got the likes of Tottenham below them Everton Leicester Palace Villa Arsenal um, you, even a Wolverhampton you look at them kind of teams and you kind of see I look at them and I can see them picking up a lot more points than Brighton over the season, even West Ham. I don't think I just mentioned them as well. Um, I think I think they've got they've got to be careful. I hear what you're saying, but I think they've got to be careful because I think 
it's going to be a tough season by the looks of it already. Um, just looking mm. at the table now, you know, two points, I know we're four games in, but two points from, um, you know, seventh separates the first to the seventh. So from mm. United to West Ham, there's two points in it already. And it's very tight. There's three, three clubs at the top already on 10 points, all on the same amount of um, goal difference as well. So mm. I think it's going to be a tight one. I don't think they're going to have it easy this season. I really don't. And it's going to be interesting, like you mentioned, obviously if they, if they don't lose any of their key players um, in the next window in January, then maybe so. But it's only going to take a club to come in, you know, get a Lewis Dunk or, or someone like that. And they're in a bit of trouble then. So we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But um, mm-hmm. an interesting game. Uh, mm. a London I, want, I don't know if I can call it a London derby I suppose I can but, yeah, um, yeah it is it's is. North versus yeah. South and we know what yeah. happens when that, when, whenever that happens in London you get me <laughs> yeah I, I'm trying to stay political but um, yeah no I think um, obviously you know Crystal Palace Spurs brilliant game Patrick Vieira ex-Arsenal beating Spurs I'm sure he enjoyed it more than anyone but um, yeah I just wanted to touch on that game because I think it was a brilliant game in terms of the way that Palace set up and started the game as well, they started with a lot of conviction and they 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 used the ball well. I think that was the, the thing that I noticed with um, Crystal Palace that they they actually did what they needed to do, not not in terms of, you know, they, they retained their possession. They just dominated the game. They just dominated it. I'm, I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it, actually. I'm trying to sugarcoat it, but they just dominated the game from start to end. They were just a better team on the day. and. Even looking at Spurs, the lineup, I just didn't know where they were going to get any goals from in that game. Son being missing was obviously very clear and evident to see. Mm. Um, I know they lost Eric Dyer early in the game as well. But even just looking at Spurs, em- Emerson Royale, again, I'm going to probably use the same sort of excuse, if I can call it that, what I used for Saul Niguez. First game in the Premier League a lot to take in but it just didn't seem like he was aware of what was happening Spurs looked like they just played Europa League conference football on the Thursday and were told to play the 12.30 game on Saturday that's what it looked like actually and and it kind of um, yeah look Jesse shout out Jesse I don't know where he is I think he's on holiday isn't it? On, gar- <laughs> on gardening leave but um, I'm putting an annual leave request. But um, the Spurs got put in the jerk pan. No, I agree with it. They did. They literally did. They got put in the jerk pan because they were um, they were just poor, man. They were just poor in all departments on the pitch. And it, like I said before, it was evident. Obviously, Son for me is their best player. People talk about Harry Kane, but Son's the one that makes things happen. And you look at Harry Kane now, and he looks like a player that doesn't want to be at Spurs. It's evident to see, it's clear to see. But I'm not going to take anything away from Palace because I thought they played, like I said before, they battered Spurs. They played the better football. Zaha was on form. Conor Gallagher was on form. Um, Ty- Tyreek Mitchell was on form. Like they were, there's just there's nothing bad you can say about Palace. Even when Spurs had 11 men, they were the better team, Palace. Um, I'm going to talk about that now actually I thought Tantanga up until the red card I thought he was probably one of Spurs best players 
I thought he was one of the best players for, for, for Spurs. I think it was silly getting involved with Zaha. He didn't need to do that. But then rightfully so, they both got booked and, and you move on from that. But then two or you know, a couple of minutes later to come on and then do something, um, to, to do that challenge after that, you've just been booked. It's stupid. So yeah, rightfully so, you've got to walk for that. But um, in terms of Edward, anyone that said that he can't do it in the Premier League you need to just hold the big never, L for that because he came in, he came in and he showed people that he's not just about Scottish football. He's a brilliant, I mean, this is why Leicester as well, I think Leicester um, last season, we're, we're interested in signing him as well. Yeah. But he's 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 going to be a massive signing for Palace, a really big signing. I think he's going to be that piece of the puzzle that they've been missing up front. Benteke obviously hasn't done it for them, um, which you know, you'd expect him to be able to do that now the, the, the time that he's been at the club, but he hasn't done that. So I think Edward coming in was brilliant as well. So I'll get your thoughts, man. What, what did you think on the game? Yeah, I'll start, I'll start with um, Tottenham because I, um, when I saw the team sheet, I was quite concerned. Uh, I just, I like Tanganga. I think, I think he's going to be a good player. I'm not sure about him at centre back. I think he's a he's better at, at full back, um, for the for the reasons that he he got sent off um, as well. Just I think his game's not quite there, but I think he's very he's very good. I think he he had a I can't remember one of the games that he had one of the big games last season. He played very well right back. Um, Emerson, just I'm never a fan of bringing people people in for their derbies against um, uh, bringing in people for their debuts in derbies. Uh, I think Everton Vidic taught me that more than more than anything. So I just I kind of saw that, and then just like um, I don't know, I just looked at the front line. Uh, obviously, you got the Harry Kane situation. They, they were missing Son. Winks hasn't been informed for a, a long time, and then he lost the. Uh, but again, you know. It's a tricky one. I feel, I feel like Spurs' performances up until uh, this game were a bit of a smokescreen at times. They weren't playing anything like majorly attractive to suggest that they should have got three out of three. I think they've, they've done well, but that's you're always going to get that. Um, and I think with Nuno, these these were a lot of the time the games that he might have struggled with Wolves where he's playing against the team that maybe he should be beaten but you can't use the the regular tactics that that he's that he's used before, um, and I, I just think their bench as well. I know again they're missing maybe a couple of players, but you kind of look at the bench and you think nobody really on there apart from Undombele who they're not playing. Where you, you're you're like worried, like you just you think if you can get the better of them, then it's all good, and, and that's what Palace did. And the complete opposite with Palace, like I look at their team, I'm excited. You know, I know um, Jesse and, and and obviously quite a few few other people, you know, talking about the Palace side. If you can get the right players in, playing in their best positions, then you've got something there and they've got options from the bench. I mean, imagine you're bringing on Edward. You know, you're starting Benteke, who's he's, yeah. he's still pretty decent, but you're bringing them on. Um, you know, it's really good. And I think one pivotal change that's been really helpful is bringing Coyote back into centre mid. Because um, obviously he played most of last season as a centre back. I feel like I really want to see that partnership between Anderson and Gouet. Um, But it, it's it's looking like a solid team where you're thinking, again, they're not going to be anywhere near relegation from my perspective. They've got a lot of new players in there, but they're spying 
um, or most of it anyway, is still you know reasonably solid. You know, you look at Benteke, Kaite, uh, Guita, even some of the players around that. Obviously, Zaha, Makafa, Mitchell, Ward. You got my. Um, well, I can never pronounce his name, but Milo, who's obviously Milo come Vajic. on and, and gone in. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's coming. So yeah. I quite like it. Conor Gallagher, I'm going to ask you about him, actually, because um, I'm hearing he had a blinder yesterday. Obviously, as a, as a Chelsea loanee, how did you how did you find his performance yesterday? Superb, superb. I think he's, and I'm not just saying that because he's from the Chelsea Academy, but I think even looking at when he was at West Brom and now at Palace as well, I think he's one of those players that he looks comfortable, confident on the ball. And I think when you've got someone like that in the team, that's just going to ooze out into the other players as well. And he's not scared as well. That's why I watched him, when I watched him yesterday, he's not scared to take players on. He's not He's not scared to take shots. Um, you know, I think he's one of these players that he's only going to get better, whether he's at Chelsea or he's on loan somewhere else. Eventually, I think he's going to fight. I've said on here before, I think some players, you know, they go on that loan journey and then they just continue, continue to get loans after loan after loan. I don't, I don't see that for him. I see, him, I see him settling down somewhere, whether that's at Chelsea or whether it's somewhere else. But he's going to settle down. He's going to become a, a, a brilliant player, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, really, I really hope to see, to see that because... Um... Was great. I hope he goes back to Chelsea at the, at the end of the season. As you can see, Jesse was saying he's man of the match there, so um, he must have had a blinder. Um, uh, I didn't watch the full game, watch the highlights, but him, Billy Gilmore, you know, uh, Kovacic, who's he's not, he's not particularly, you know, old. Uh, he's still got some good, he's, like his best years in in him. Saul, maybe, maybe if he stays, Jorginho. It's, it's a nice like group of you know, players to be around, hopefully in the first team next season, they'll learn a lot there and compliment them. You forget you know, Lewis well. Baker, man. Are you, forget, are you forgetting Lewis sorry, Baker? Sorry, sorry, I forget. And the, the Jamaica wildcard, but um, yeah, though, um, <laughs> <laughs> they, need, they needed him last week, gosh. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, no, um, no, no, it was, it was, it was, it was good to see. And I think, I think what's going to be really positive for his career, and I'm, I'm you know, I imagine we've all thought about this anyway, is his manager, He's got Patrick Vieira. For me, one of the best midfielders the Premier League has ever seen. It's just perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> T-Dot's nephew. Um, it's, 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 it's perfect. You know, that, that's, that's what you want. Um, and I think with, with Vieira, I don't know who's got around him coaching-wise, um, but if you've got, when you've got players like Eduard and Zaha, um, obviously, um, Olisa is, is hopefully going to kick on and uh, Eze is obviously going to come back. You're probably okay. Eze, Eze's going to come back as well. Yeah, yeah. So, but defensively, because obviously Vieira, very much the captain, the organizer, the orchestrator, you can see why Coyote is in the position where he's in, and them guys around him, he knows exactly what he wants from them to 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 make them, you know, successful. So, you know, Palace, they're looking all right. You know, I know they they got off to a slow start, but actually they're on um what are they on five points, which is not bad. I think they've only actually lost one game this season. Um, is that right? Yeah, one game they've lost this season. So. They're an interesting one. They can go either way, but looking at their side and the experience they've got with the fresh blood and fresh ideas, this could be an exciting season for them. You know, a really exciting season for them. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I think I think it was the right time for obviously Roy to step down and for, for fresh ideas to come in at Selhurst. And I think Patrick Vieira is probably the right person to do that as well. I think he's he's got, he's got, fresh ideas which I think is going to help that team progress and 
uh, yeah, I can see, I see, as you mentioned before about, um, about Brighton, I see that for Palace more than, that's what I mean. I see that mm. more for, for right. Palace who have got the squad there. They've got the ideas there. They look like they've got a, a, the right manager in charge there as well. And like I just mentioned, Eze's still got to come back. Elise's still got to embed into the team. He came on, I think, 86 minutes um, against Spurs, but he's got to still in, embed him into the team. So they've still got a lot about them. Edward looks like a, a, a brilliant player. I can see them pushing beyond top 10, maybe push for like Europa Conference or that kind of, even Europa League places, you know, um, that kind of level. So we'll have to see, man. We'll have to see about them. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Um, it's, got, it's got remnants of, of Jesse's um, almost Champions League <laughs> qualifying Crystal Palace side. No, it does It does remind me of that, though. The, the go for I knew he was going to say that. Yeah. I knew he was going to say that, man. I knew he was going to say that, I knew. I could see it, man. It still burns you, isn't it? <laughs> it's not Burby. I'm happy for him. He did well. He did well. He got them into Europe. And then certain things happen after and that but it's all good I know like, Jesse's watching this so you said that with grit, gritting, gritting it through his teeth then you see you didn't see, see, see there's no, big there's smile no comeback he can only comment he can only comment <laughs> so it's, it's good I've got a free run today oh, shit. <laughs> uh, no, I, wanted, all right. a, I wanted to talk to you because I know we're going to move on to the United game but um, I wanted to quickly touch on um, Leeds-Liverpool because I thought that was a good mm. game um, and and it's obviously shout out Jesse as well again. Look, so I mean Salt Bay. Facts, a hundred percent, man. He gritted through his teeth when he said that. But um, yeah, now I wanted to talk about Leeds and Liverpool because I think it was a good game. It was one that I was looking forward to. Obviously, the only game today, only Premier League game today, anyway. But what were your thoughts on the game? Did you? I don't know if you got to see it, but what, what was your thoughts on the, the Leeds Liverpool game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I, managed, I managed to catch, I'd say, like, like probably 95% of it. it was a it was a good game. I think the 5% I missed was, was most of the injury, to be fair. But listen, I think um, I'm going to have to give Jesse more credit here and, and, and yourself. You called it out. This is Liverpool's kind of the t- uh, title defence. This is the actual title defence that Liverpool would have done last season by the injuries. Um, and... The, the, look, they're just picking guys off. We were saying before, Leeds, the way that they play against teams like Liverpool, you know, United, I'm going to throw Chelsea in there. City's a, a weird one because sometimes you can beat them, like sometimes you don't, but you, you, you're going to get smashed. And they could have won today. They did have chances to win. And I think they had, um, uh, I think you were saying they had more shots, more possession uh, by the end. But, ah, uh, just you can't play the opening and Mane had a lot of chances today as well like I know Leeds could have won yeah exactly um, Jesse said it could have finished 6 or 7 like it, it really like Mane the keepers made a few good saves they've gotten done by set pieces again um, Liverpool they weren't great at the back but they were good enough like Leeds always going to make chances always going to you know get lots of chances against you because they're the only team that can play that kind of football at that kind of pace in the Prem at the moment you know they're out of Liverpool in Liverpool you know what I mean so um, but yeah I, I don't know I think it was the right result I'm going to I'm going to let you talk about the red card but um, what was your thoughts on the game overall as well Yeah, I, I agree with you I think in terms of the game um, 
yeah, I didn't really, before the game again, I didn't really see any other outcome apart from the way that Liverpool play, that we know that they can play and the way that Leeds play and how we know they play as well. It was only, it was going to be very open for, for Leeds and I thought, I thought they did well first half, actually. I thought they, they had their opportunities to score. I, I thought, I kind of thought actually when the first goal went in, I think it was 20 minutes into the game when Salah scored another assist by Trent. I thought mm, floodgates might open here. Mane did have a lot of chances before he got his, he finally got his goal. But I, I think it's going to be tricky for, for Leeds this season because a lot of teams have obviously sussed out how they play, That's in my it. opinion. And I think... When 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 they go to even at Ellen Road away or home doesn't really matter. But when they play against Leeds, they know that they they like to press. They like to do that counter attacking, all out, all cards on the table kind of stuff. And it works at some some grounds against some teams. But when you play against like a Liverpool, it's not going to work. And I, I think today, even again with eleven men before the um, the, the red card. You kind of saw Liverpool, I think they'd already scored a second goal by then, but you could see they were going to get another one at some point anyway. They were just constantly relentless with it as well. Um, the one thing that worries me again, and I've said it before about Liverpool, it's just their depth. I mean, again, today they've lost Harvey Elliott, who's going to be out for at least a couple of months, maybe, you know, at least. So until next year. Yeah, he was just coming year. into the Yeah, he was coming in, he just coming into the squad. He'd obviously started the season really well. They've, you know, they've lost him. And they haven't really got, I mean, you look at, again, you just mentioned about looking at, um, you know, benches and stuff like that. And you look at Liverpool's bench and I still think that their bench, it's, it's good, but it's not, it's not great. And I think that's what, when you, when I think about Premier League winning teams, especially this season as well, when you look at United have just gone and got Sancho, Ronaldo, Varane, Chelsea have got Lukaku, Saul Niguez, City have just gone and got Jack Grealish. They haven't really brought anyone. And I think, not to say that they should just go out and buy, but they haven't got the depth for me personally. They're looking at a James Milner to come on. Their captain, Jordan Henderson, starts the game on the bench. Whether that's fitness or fatigue or whatever, but he's starting the game on the bench for me. So I think things like that worries me if I was a Liverpool fan because it's only going to take one or two injuries again or they get a mass, massive COVID outbreak, which I keep saying on here, which is going to happen at some point before the season. Then they're going to be, well, it will. I think before the season's done, there's going to be either a lockdown or a COVID outbreak of some sort, and it's going to impact football. And you look at Liverpool, and they haven't really got the depth to bring in. So that's my only worry for them. But in terms of the way they they play, they're, they've started 11. Salah's brilliant. Jota's brilliant. I know Firmino's injured. I think he's out for a couple of weeks now with a, I think it's a hamstring injury. But even when Mane isn't at his best, he still scores. So you can't really knock him for that. He might take 10 attempts, but he still scores. So yeah, I think Liverpool will be fine. I just think in January, they might have to look at bringing in one or two players. But um, just in terms of the red card, I know I said it before in, in, in the WhatsApp, but I do think it was, I think it was a challenge that, and I know I think Jesse sort of said it came from behind and I agree with that it was, but he won the ball for me. And I think had he had, uh, We've got to remember, referees have been told this season, let the game play on, all that stuff. So, And also as well, the fact he won the ball for me, had Harvey Elliott not dislocated his ankle or, or broke it, whichever one it is, and it was just, he, he rolls around for two seconds and gets up and carries on. I don't think the ref would have stopped that. I think that the, the severity of the injury, the fact that he's dislocated or broke his ankle is what almost takes me back to... Um, 
Andre Gomez and Song. I know it's a totally different challenge, but I, I think that red card got rescinded as well. But it's it's very similar in terms of there was no not that there was no malice. It's not even about the malice for me. It's the fact that the ball was there to be won. The challenge went in. It's just unfortunate for me, but. I also understand why in this day and age, when you see that kind of injury, your first reaction is to send the player off. So I get that as well. But um, what was what was your thoughts on the red? Did, I don't know if you got to see the the, the yeah. injury. Yeah, I saw it's it's a it's a hard one because I didn't want to watch too many replays of it because I didn't like the way that it looks. You know what I mean? But I'm laughing not not because he obviously the injury, but it's just it's just the irony in it. So I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I I understand why it, the red was given, and I don't think because of the injury you've got much. I don't even want to see what much of a leg to stand on, but you, you, you can't argue. Let's say that's probably a better way to phrase it. <laughs> I'm trying to keep a straight face, but you can't see things like that. <laughs> no, you know, you know what I mean. Um, but like, I feel like yeah, like you said, if if a tackle goes in. And he hurdles it, or like it clips him, and he falls over, whatever. I don't think the the red's coming out, but there's a couple of issues. One, the the injury um, is obviously quite it's it's very bad. Um, you know, you don't wish that on on anyone. And two, because of all the stuff that was going on the few games before, so I think it was with Burnley, Liverpool. And there's been a few other games, like I think one of the United games, for example, they're talking about players getting hurt and getting injured if they don't clamp down. That's a result of that. That's that's what we know as mind games, because Klopp's already mentioned that. So to not send him off. Yeah, so to, to have not sent him off for that, it's a bit, it would look a bit mad. And I think if he gets a yellow and he's got a broken leg, I feel like there'd be more outrage than us seeing that he's got a red for the tackle, if you know what I mean, like people will be more annoyed that he's not got a red than that he did get a red. So I don't. It's just, it's just one of those. It's just one of those tough ones. But again, need they need to to I don't know, like be a bit more consistent with the decisions. I think that's what the issue is because it's it's hard to define what's a dangerous or reckless ta- tackle when it with those ones. Um, but obviously, the player's legs was it. It's it's probably a red card for like. Dangerous. I can't what the phrasing is, but it's endangering, you know, welfare or whatever it is. So I can understand because someone's someone's broke their leg in it. So you can't you can't argue against that. But yeah, it's 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 a shame. It's a shame. Obviously, hopefully he comes back as quickly as possible. I, I don't see him. Don't see him back until the new year. He might be done for the season because it reminds me the way his leg was looking. It reminded me a little bit of Luke Shaw's one, which wasn't a foul, by the way. And that's what I mean about consistency. Um, but but yeah, it's a bit yeah, it's a bit of a mad one. So I think I think Luke Shaw's was a bit different though. But I, I hear what you're saying. But I think yeah. I think it's more his ankle. I don't think it was the leg. I, I mean, I haven't read on read up on it, so I might be wrong. But it looked like a dislocated ankle, but I might be wrong. It might be a leg break with a dislocation of an ankle. Yeah, obviously, speed. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, like we don't want to see that for any any player or anyone, regardless of whatever. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a mad one. But nonetheless, you know, Liverpool still went on to win, and I'm sure they'll be they'll be glad that they got the three points. They're joint top now as well, so. Um, Let's 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 take it to the to, to Old Trafford. 
OT. CR7. Homecoming. Oh. Homecoming. <laughs> Homecoming. Yeah. Man. I know you celebrated the goals, man. You can't even lie and say you didn't, but I know you did. The CR7 goals, man. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 the boy in it, the boy from from the hood, um, but not really. No, um, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> see, Jesse's already hyped. Do you know? Do you know what it was? Um, that's what that's what Kieran done when he scored. That's what Kieran done. He went in the room. I know he did, man. I know. Go on. Mad. Um, I mean, in 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 terms of the in terms of the goal, I think I don't think there's many people that would not have had a smile on their face anyway. Um, and, and obviously for me, like the connection, because obviously I remember his first game against Bolton and his first goals, etc. It's, it's great, um, you know, to see him do that. And I think because of the goals that he scored, the poachers' goal, which I think quite rightly pointed out, I can't remember which um, uh, Twitter account. I think it's that United Analytic. He broke it down into why it was such a good goal because when you look at Greenwood. Uh, taking the shot um, it's not the best shot and the keeper should be doing better but Ronaldo make sure he's onside and he's there that's the hallmarks of obviously we know what kind of player is but at 36 it's still great finishing um, and the second goal as well the touch and a lot of people criticise the keeper I think it's a really good finish I don't you shouldn't be getting beaten through your legs as a goalkeeper but it's so accurate and fast and he's and I, I feel when you've not like played in goal, sometimes you don't realise that when a ball comes that quickly, like towards your feet, when you expect it to go top top corner or down to the side, you can get caught out by that. So I think I think it's a it's a really good finish. And he he played well, to be fair. Like it was reminiscent of when when Ebra came to to United, and um, you know, obviously Ebra scored again today actually. But um, you know, yeah, he, he's 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 done really well. Obviously, there's going to be a, a bit of a honeymoon period. Um, you know, he's going to—he's probably going to do well for the first few games, and then the real test will start. It is only Newcastle. And I can say that because I think we've all said that Newcastle are in a, a lot of trouble, and we—you know—they um, played okay yesterday, but th- that scoreline shouldn't surprise anyone. Both before the game on paper and you know they're given a performance got a shout out obviously um the two other goals because they were actually the, the better goals of the game um Fernandez's rocket uh in you know into the top corner and he's a guy that can do that I, I come on here and I say lots about him I don't think he's a very good footballer in terms of the way that he's involved in the general play but he can do things like that he can score he can assist um you know he's 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 got good energy good leadership and that was a that was a top top goal I don't think anyone could take it away. But I think actually the best goal of the game was the last one. The movement off the ball, the the, the, the ball's through, the step over. You've got Van der Beek who's pulling players away. Lingard's touch, um, him moving across and scoring. And I'm going to have to give myself a pat on the back because that's why you stay. That's why you don't go to West Ham because you're going to get chances like that. Um, whether that happens for the rest of the season, I don't know. But I think he knows that he's going to get game time. He's been promised that. And that was a smart little finish. It's the same goals he was he was scoring um, for for West Ham. Um, last thing I want to point out before I forget, Pogba. Again, no one's talking about him because obviously CR seven and, and rightly so. But he's got seven assists in four games and he's played centre mid in that game. Do you know what I mean? But we we ain't hearing it. Man, man, man got seven. Man got man got uh, a couple of assists. 
he's there with um I think it was Burner Boy, wasn't it? Doing his thing afterwards. Listen, this is light work for this guy. Light work. Yeah. I don't ever want to hear any slander, no comparisons to anybody else. He is one of, if not the best midfielder in in midfielders in the world at this time. He's definitely top three, top two. Um, but I'm gonna pause it there as soon as he's to come outside. I'm gonna pause it there. What, what about you? I know I've covered a lot of cars, but what, what watching that game, what what impressed you the most? Yeah, a lot a lot of what you said, I uh, well, everything you said I agree with. Um, first of all, Papa, I think I mean I, for me personally, maybe because I follow different people and the people that I follow, they were all praising him after the game. Because I think he played really well. Um and I, I understand what you mean. I think in terms of like mainstream, he doesn't get that recognition. He's always, you know, people were quick to throw out the fact that he was at Park Life after the game, but didn't mention the fact that he's on seven assists after four games. And I think things like that, you know, he is world-class and he's always been world-class. I don't think anyone can take that away from him. Um, there's nothing really that's bad about his game. I think people just like to look at the off-field stuff and that's what they focus on a bit like park life and you know if he dyes his hair or whatever but that's just that's just mainstream that's how they are but in terms of his football he's one of the best in the Premier League right now hands down 100% um, I agree with you as well for um, Lingard and Fernandez goals were, were the better goals but I know when we did the, the Ronaldo special I said I feel like with that signing with Ronaldo mm. it kind of tips you into that bracket say you mm. tips Jesse and United into that bracket <laughs> for for the um, for the title, man. It does because the way you I know it's, it's only Newcastle, so we can't really gas it too much. But I think just the way you're playing, it's not about the team that you're against; it's the way you're playing. And I think that's what the, the key difference is. Um, you know, we we spoke about the the fact that you know you'd score two or three and then concede like two goals or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Last season, I'm not really seeing that this season. Um, it kind of feels like with Varane being there obviously it was his home home debut as well I feel like him coming in alongside Maguire that's going to that's going to work really well I thought Wan-Bissaka had a really good game as well mm. um, he, he kind of like an unsung hero he doesn't really get mentioned too tough um, during games but I felt like he was someone that played really well um, Luke Shaw as well I thought I thought they both played well um, in defence as well well, but I wanted to ask you because I know that obviously it's early days. We spoke about Sol Niguez. We spoke about um, Emerson Royale. I wanted to ask you about Jaden Sancho because I feel like he's in his third game now, I think, and he came on as a sub and I think he's been subbed off in the last two games and he hasn't really put in that performance that, as of yet anyway, it's early days, but he hasn't really put in that performance that I suppose you'd expect to see from him. Do you think it's just a case of he's he's learning how the Premier League works, and and it's just a case of very similar to Saul Niguez and Emerson Royale that he's just finding his feet in the Premier League? It's similar to Saul Niguez, uh, probably not Emerson Royale because I think he'll be a good signing, but he's not. He's but I, I know what you mean. I think I think it's very similar to like a Havertz or even like a Jorginho, for example, mm-hmm. where he. Firstly, he's. I think there's a few issues with fitness um, as well because although he didn't play much at the Euros, he didn't really have much of a break. And then the the signing obviously was at that point, but he's had his holiday comeback, etc. I think although I don't 
results-wise, Man United are on a bigger cup than Dortmund at the moment because if you look at Dortmund in the last 10 years, they've actually been more successful than Man United. Um, a couple of leagues, but actually, no, they have been. I can't even say that way, but it's a bigger club in stature. Do you know what I mean? Like Dortmund, as things stand for the last five, six years, have been a feeder club really to the, the, the Europe's like elite sides do you know what I mean not 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 in a Tottenham kind of way and no disrespect to Tottenham but they have a lot of their players leave and go to, to bigger clubs but they they you know Haaland he's going to leave next season to go to a bigger club so coming to Old Trafford um, you know with the fans with those kind of players around them he's around what we can say are elite top top players obviously we're looking at like you said Varane Pogba Ronaldo now ah there's always been this debate with, with Sancho and Rashford. R- Rashford, the, the stature of it and doing that at United, can't argue. His goals and assists the last like two, three seasons have been immense. Um, you know, even Cavani as well. Like these are guys that have been playing on the big stage for a long time. So I think for him, it's partly that getting used to. I think a club of that stature, knowing what to do. Man United and Dortmund play very different styles of football. I think as well. Um, different mm. setups, um, different players. I think Oli doesn't really know his best position. I think he wanted him because that fits the mold. He's young, he's English, um, he's he's you know a massive talent. He's played him on the right, he's played him on the left. I think his best position will probably be as a 10, personally. Um, I think like that's that's how that's how good he can be. But He's moved him around. I don't think he quite knows what to do with him at the moment. And that's probably not great to start with. Um, that's why I put him in that Havertz kind of category because I feel like Lampard had him and didn't know what to do with him. But he was a, he's, he's an immense talent. So I feel like that's what's happening. And what you'll get is, is as United pick up little injuries and little things that go up and he moves and Champions League and Carling Cup, he'll find his feet. But he, he'll, he'll be fine. He's, you know, he's come, he's come back to the UK. He's, you know, he's playing for the club. I think that he genuinely wants to play from. And he's a South London boy. So he'll, he'll be just fine. It'll be just fine. I wanted to also ask you because when I watch when I watch Newcastle, um, I just see I just see trouble. I hear the word Newcastle and I just think trouble. I, f- I look I think of Mike Ashley and I think trouble. I look at Steve Bruce, I think trouble. I, I look at the club to see trouble. I think they're they're in a, a position now where it is make or break for them because if I think if they go down this time. I think we've had this discussion on here before. I can't remember, but I think you guys said they might just bounce back, but I, I generally don't know if they will do that. Um, I know Mike Ashley has been trying to sell the club and this and that, but I just look at them and um, yeah, exactly. Like without Wilson, who's a big, big uh, player for them in, in a way, kept them up last season as well. I just look at them and I don't see how they're going to get any points this season. Um, I'm not sure how long Will, um, Callum Wilson's out for, but they're just they're just looking in trouble, man. What, what's your thoughts on them? I agree with the Wilson thing. I think that's why he was in my team this season last year because of how big an impact he had. I think the bigger issue for them, uh, weirdly enough, is not at the top end of the pitch, it's at the back end of the pitch. Um, Woodman had a great season with Swansea last season, but he's looked all over the place. Um, defensively, they didn't bring anything in, which they desperately needed. Um, they desperately needed to make some kind of signing at the back. 
um, and they they just did not do that. Um, even the guy from Celtic that I think Brentford have bought in, uh, you know, just just something there. But th- that's the issue. Like they, uh, I can't remember the the game that they they lost four two. I can't remember who they were playing. Um, but it's games like that that last season they would have won. This season they just look like it was West Ham. Sorry. Um, I, I just don't know where their points are coming from. I genuinely believe that this is the season they go down. Um, you've got, obviously, St. Maxim, um, you've got Wilson, you've got Willock. They can score as many goals as they like, but they, they're conceding the maddest goals at the moment. Um, and when you start a season like they have, and this is why your Leeds, um, obviously Burnley are playing Monday night, your Norwiches, you can't, keep doing that um Steve Bruce will take them down if he continues I just don't I feel like he's had enough time at that club where it's it's still the same football with literally like the legacy heroes um do you know what I mean so I I just yeah generally um believe that there's the only way that they might stay up is if they sack Bruce they bring in Aladici he rounds up the gang brings brings them all back brings Kevin Nolan out retirement um, you know, gets a, gets a couple Andy of man. Carroll. Andy Carroll, yeah, obviously they've released him, so he he, he could go back. But no, I, I I think I think they're finished. And in, for the Premier League, I still think they'll come back up because that's there's still a couple of man, but they'll keep quite a few man, and they've got a lot of Championship players who uh, will happily stay there. So yeah, but they're they're in they're in deep deep uh, doo doo. As, as a in the in the politest ways, they're they're in a lot of trouble, man. A lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think they again they're one of them clubs that have rode their luck, very similar to um to Brighton. You know, they've rode their luck even more so actually than Brighton. And I, I look at them, and they, like I said before, I just don't know where they're getting points from this season. And and as a Newcastle fan, that would worry me obviously they brought in Willock um, who had a brilliant season for them um, from January I think when he signed in the, the last window but it's not enough and Wilson's a brilliant player but you've hit the nail on the head I think if they keep leaking goals at the back it doesn't matter how many they're scoring they could score three and concede four score one and concede two it doesn't matter at the end of the day they're scoring but they're dropping points every game so I look at them and I do see a lot of trouble. I think there's more off-field stuff as well, which is having a massive impact on the club at the moment. I think there's obviously tension between Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley. I was listening to one of their press conferences, I think on Friday, and it just sounded completely nuts. Like it was just, you could see Steve Bruce was pissed off. He didn't want to be there. And I think that's obviously now having an impact on the way that the players are playing. So it's probably more of a matter of time, I think. Personally for me, if I was the owner, I'd probably look at sacking him, bringing someone else in if they want to try and stay in the Premier League. Um, my opinion, but I, I think Steve Bruce has done what he can. Um, but yeah, I, I just think he's he's got they've got to do change, man. They've got to have change in there, uh, um, and it's a shame as well because Willock going there in a way he's sold a is probably the right move for him. Yeah, it's the right move for him, but if they go down then I feel sorry for him because I know he's not a championship player if that makes sense mm. and mm. hopefully okay. a club would come in and, and, and sign him because I think he's a premiership player but I just think he's gone there he's been sold his dream like you just said but I just feel like 
I don't know. When it goes back to my thing that I said on the last episode around Jesse Lingard, if you know you're potentially not going to play at Arsenal, then why wouldn't you sign for Newcastle? Because oh, you know you're getting yeah. games. So, yeah. do you know what I mean? I understand that, but yeah, crazy times at Newcastle, man. But um, we rounded off the Premier League. We want to do our quick roundup of the Football League because I know that's where your heart is these days, Kieran. That's where it's the, at. The, the English at. Football League. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, just but um, what 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 games? Yeah, a quick shout out, really. So um, uh, obviously I've been been following a few sides. The two I'm gonna um, well, the three I'm gonna focus on today quickly is uh Lincoln. Um, so obviously we had um Jordan McCann who works with the uh, academy um on last season, um, but they got a, a resounding when they won uh five two. Uh, this weekend, so please go check out their goals. Um, if you can get them on uh, the Sky Sports um, YouTube channel, but um, no, you know what, my team, my team this season, because I think we we watched them last year a little bit. Forest Green Rovers, uh, they got a, a scrappy one 0 win, but they are they they narrowly missed out as I was saying before uh, last season. But they are um, uh, they're top of the table. They got one 0 win. They they lost the game I think in the international break, but um, they're very good to watch. Lots of fun, lots of goals. They concede as well. Um, it looks like I reckon they're going to go up. I'm looking at other teams around them. I'm not seeing anyone where they should be worried. There aren't any sort of big boys down there. Um, but unfortunately, at the other end, a more local side, uh, Sutton United, in the football league for the first time, they look like they're they're struggling. They've got one win all season. Um, luckily, the league is quite tight, so a couple of wins could can drag them up the table. They've got a game in hand as well. Um, but here's the hoping that they'll um they'll push on. They've they've had a few late losses. Um, but you know, they're doing all right. Um, they're above a, a former Premier League team in Oldham at the moment. So uh, again, I'll I'll keep you all posted with how they're going. But yeah, if you want a team to watch outside the Prem, go check out Forest Green Rovers. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to touch on a few um games that I got to watch as well. Um I thought Birmingham City played really well against Derby Friday night. Oh, yeah. It was a good game, really good game to watch. Um, obviously, Troy Dean is there now, so um, he came on, I think, second half. That's a really good sign, and I think for Birmingham, they're currently um, yeah. seventh in the league. So, obviously, they, their aim this season is to push on and try and get their, their their promotion back into the Premier League. But I do look at, I look at Derby, well, the two teams around that that area, Derby and Nottingham Forest, who played mm. um, Cardiff as well. Obviously, Chris Hewton, uh, his job's on the line. I think John Terry's He's on the line to, to take his job, unfortunately. Always. Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I think John Terry's lined up to to, to take the helms there. But um, yeah, I think the, those two clubs there, Derby, Nottingham Forest, they're just, just struggling in that league. Um whether it's down, I mean, obviously Chris Hewton's a, an experienced manager. We've seen what he's done at Brighton as well. He's a, he's a, you know, he should, for me personally, he should never have been sacked from there, but that's another story for another day. Um, but yeah, in terms of Derby, I look at them and I think this is going to end bad for, for Wayne Rooney. It I think. always was. Yeah. I think it's, a job that was obviously too big for him to take on at the time that he took it on. We knew that anyway. There's a lot more candidates that were probably better than him to take that job on. But um, another team I wanted to talk about because they're flying high in the championship at the moment, Coventry. Coventry mm. City is six in the league mm. and they beat Middlesbrough on Saturday, 2-0, comfortable win. Um, yeah, they're flying high. 
they're one of my dark horses to get the playoffs. I don't think they'll get automatic, mm. but I think they might. If they carry on playing how they're playing now, they'll be my dark horses to get into the playoffs, potentially get back into the Premier League. I'd love to see that. Same. My final Bring back the, one. The shout, out, shout out to Darren Huckabee and Dion Dublin and them, man, isn't it? <laughs> He's going to say Stephen Grizovich. Oh, let's go back. Let's go back. (laughs) Yeah. um, But yeah, my my, my final one, um, which I thought was a a really good game, was Bolton. Mm. I don't know if you got to see that, but that was a a very interesting game. Ended 5-2 to Bolton. They were playing Ipswich away from home. Um, Obviously, they had the issue midweek. I think there was some sort of um, racist abuse issue during the game midweek. So um, I'm glad they, they went to Ipswich and just put that behind them and got on with a, a good result, 5-2. Um, again, they're, they're third in League One. So I feel like they're kind of, they're pushing on. That's going to be a difficult league because Sunderland's in there, Wigan's in there. Obviously, shout out Wimbledon as well, MK Dons. Yeah. So it's going to be a tough, a tough, um, yeah, Robbie Keane at Coventry. I forgot about him, the little gymnast. But um <laughs> Yeah, he used to love it. He used to love a quick, quick cartwheel. But um, but yeah, in terms of Bolton, Wigan, Sunderland, Wimbledon, um, some strong teams in that that, yeah. that, um, that league as well. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I think yeah, there's three points that separates MK Dons, who are fifth, with Sunderland, who are top. So interesting as well. And my final, final. I know I said that was my final one, but I've got out them out because mm. obviously, so what I'll do on here. Leighton Orient four nil. Brilliant win against Oldham. So, um, yeah, Leighton Orient, the third in the league. You know, they've kind of cemented themselves in the Football League now from playing in National League. They look like they're going to be doing a little thing this season as well. So, like Kira mentioned, they're the teams that you should be following, but also the teams that I mentioned, try and follow them as well. Um, and yeah, Jesse's just said there, Sutton beat Stevenage 2-1. So, big, big them up. I think you mentioned Sutton before. Yeah, yeah, the, well. you know, I was saying it was it was good for them to get the win, but um, and it was well needed because yeah, they they have been struggling, but hopefully they'll they'll feel their way through, and um, yeah, just they just need to survive this season, I think, and 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 get some foundations, but um, yeah, look, there's there's obviously a lot going on, uh, football league wise, especially league, I think league one, um. Yes, yeah, tight. Like even I think there's a couple other teams up to like first and seventh. I think three points. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, keep an eye on that. But in terms of today, um, yeah, some, some very exciting games. We're hoping that there'll be a few more shocks because the big boys have have done what we've expected them to do uh, as well. But probably what we say in Palace, probably performance of the weekend. Pretty hundred percent. Yeah, I don't. I don't think, think before the game. Before the game I don't think people would have had Palace playing the way they did nah. against Spurs so they gotta be team team of the week man yeah definitely uh, so obviously yeah thank you for joining us of course you can follow us at the PTTW podcast on Twitter and Instagram follow us on YouTube subscribe um, all of that stuff come join us um, you know Premier League Football League Um, European League whatever we're up for all of it but yeah thank you for watching and listening